0: Okay, so that's um, a different risk, but it's a good uh, question to take a look at kind of the global risks that we face and, and try to measure them up. So Iran um, is, in my opinion, uh, potentially a, a bigger risk than Europe, but with a lower probability. Does that make sense? That if things got really bad. Uh, in the Middle East, that would be just incredibly disruptive for the world economy. But even if Greece kick, kicks out of, uh, uh, of the Eurozone and Portugal goes down too, I think it's, it's all manageable. And countries like Italy, they, they can bail themselves out. You just need a once and for all wealth tax. And you could even sell the wealth tax as um, paying the taxes that you should have paid in the past. And 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 they're on onside immediately if they had the political will to do that. It's a very productive uh, country, especially in the north. So uh, it's not the same. It's not the same anywhere uh, near the same as a country like uh, like Greece, um, where you don't have the productivity. So, so looking at these two risks. Um, so Iran, if they're basically what we're talking about is. Is there, what would happen if there was a bombing of the nuclear complexes? And and, and basically, um, the usual talk is that Israel would be the one uh, to pull this off. Um, I guess my view is that there's a probability that that could happen, but It's not a really big probability, and the main risk is kind of a political risk, where um, the prime minister of Israel might find it expedient to do something, but looking at the actual complexity of the problem and what it would actually buy you, it seems to me that the the costs greatly outweigh the benefits and, and let me explain why. Um, the first thing is you know, how how much time does it buy you in terms of setting back the nuclear program? And it's really debatable how much because really to take out all of the facilities, about a dozen facilities and, and This country has been tunneling uh, for years and not so easy to do this. Indeed, uh, it it was fascinating that the U.S. is working on a bomb that is bigger than the so-called bunker buster because they know the bunker buster is not going to do the job. So the U.S. doesn't even have the capability with a conventional uh, weapon to take out some of these key um, installations. So if the U.S. can't pull it off, then it's extremely unlikely that a country like Israel uh, could pull it off with conventional uh, weapons. They, obviously, you could pull it off with nuclear weapons, but that causes uh, another problem. So, so, so practically speaking, it's, it's just not feasible to decisively um, set that program back, given the path that it's on um, with With Israel doing it, and right now, even with the u s doing it it 's questionable so so this is a huge risk. Uh, I was in a meeting in London last week where this was basically one of the key topics, and we 're trying to think about, well, this is a classic tail risk right so it 's kind of low probability, but if it happens it's it 's really bad so what, you know, what, what are the scenarios? What, what is going to happen? Who, who are the winners? Who are the losers? Well, the winner is going to be like long oil. Because oil prices probably go to 200 very quickly. Um, and if you look at, and there, there could be some countries that are winners also given that they're more immune or they're oil producers like Norway. So uh, the value um, goes up uh, dramatically. Um, but there is a global recession, there is uh, potentially uh, retaliation from multiple countries uh, onto Israel, and then the U.S. is kind of stuck in the middle. What to do? So it's a, it's a disastrous uh, scenario. Um, but in terms of the tail risk, what do you do? Well, you buy deep out-of-the-money call options, like really deep hundred and eighty dollar call options and get them now while they're cheap and those options you know if you can can get them for a couple of dollars uh, what would happen if the oil price uh, you know doubled Uh, so that would be kind of the classic uh, protection but right now it just the, the thing is that it doesn't the probability of success is is so low. it's really hard to define success because Probably in the most optimistic scenario it would be partial success, and that would mean that it sets you back in time. Right now the the strategy appears to be to assassinate the nuclear scientists, um, and and that could be actually over the long term a pretty effective strategy. Um, The strategy of Stuxnet uh, didn't think about um, the repercussions of that. Maybe it set things back by a few months. Um, but, uh, and it was a good idea, I guess, uh, a, a worm like that. But what, um, what people didn't anticipate was the retaliation. So the cyber retaliation, the denial of service attacks that shut down a number, like utilities, airlines in Israel. So two can play that game. So, and, and again, uh, was the cost worth the benefit? It's, it's just not clear uh, right now. So the way I see it, it is a bigger risk in terms of the size of the risk if it occurs uh, compared to Europe, because it means war, essentially, uh, whereas Europe is a financial mess. That's different than a military and you know, sort of uh, conflict. Uh, so it, it, Iran is a bigger risk, um, but the probability is, is much lower. Like, we, we kinda, kinda know in Europe something's gonna happen. It's a low probability that they can continue to kick the can down the road. Like, at some point, they have to deal with the problem. They are basically delaying and delaying and delaying and hoping that it will go away in Europe, okay? So the idea is that the banks can make enough money to shore up their capital to withstand some defaults. That's kind of the basic strategy. The same strategy was pursued in Japan, you know, though it cost some 20 years of recession. Um, whereas the delay strategy in Iran is, is is different, right? Because the more you delay, you increase the probability uh, that something really bad going to happen. So I would have handled. The situation's differently ex post, I guess. Uh, But ex ante right now, we're at the point where um, there's pretty um, limited uh, chance of a successful kind of uh, military uh, engagement. So that sort of risk, that short-term risk is low. Unfortunately, the long-term risk, which means what happens in four years um, when Iran has got not just a nuclear weapon, but the capability to deliver it—that uh, you know—that is increasing.